The most important people in the world, with Charles Berman and Jonathan Berman. Featuring interviews with people with interesting viewpoints, which, if true, could make them the most important people in the world. Let's meet one of them now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the most important people in the world. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Charles Berman. I have my co-host here. Uh, Jonathan Berman. And uh, this week we have uh, from Reconnections.net, Daniel Jacob on the line with us. Daniel, thank you very much for coming on the program. Thank you for inviting me. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Well, there's and there's a lot to talk about um, with with what you're uh, with the work you're doing uh, with uh, the connections you're making and uh, star children. Maybe you can tell us something about these these star children that you've connected with. And they uh, you actually mentioned they might be extraterrestrials. Maybe you could explain. Well, that, yeah, the uh, star children are part of what we call children of the new earth. And uh, they're coming in now in, in waves, you might say, uh, incarnating on the planet as, as we sense as a mass mind that big changes are about to take place. So the, the kids that we're, we're bringing in or attracting in are equipped to do that, to take care of that. And um, there's a number of different children of the New Earth subsets that they call them. That's the first subset that talked about was indigo kids. And uh, that was talked a lot by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober with their first book, The Indigo Children. Um, and then there's Crystal Children, and uh, of course, Star Children have come up, Amethyst Children, Rainbow Children. It seems like each wave has its particular people that it reaches out to and talks to um, to basically say, We're here, um, we need support, we need. Uh, we're here to support you, but we also need uh, credibility, and we need a, you might say, a bully pulpit in which to operate. So in 1997, when I was doing some of my writings out on the Usenet news groups, I was doing a series called Energy Activations, which was about things happening on the, on the planet as a response to things like solar flares and, and various other shifting conditions. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself writing about the star children. And uh, what started out as one chapter ended up being nine. And then it also became a, uh, a CD that I put out back in 2003. And I did also a series for a couple of online magazines, one of them being Children of the New Earth magazine and Lightworker. Now, I, I, I'm a little bit curious. Now, I know that you are... Uh... Your experience with maybe with with making connections with with beings that other people can't. Um, do you do you have a special connection, uh, or, or or how do we know that um, that the star children are per, perhaps from associated with other planets or from other planets? Well, a lot of the orientation will be usually they will contact other people who have interplanetary origins as well. Um, so many of the star elders that are here have those connections, although they may not have been able to come forward fully into fruition um, during the generation that they lived because there just wasn't enough support for it or credibility. It became too threatening for them to come out. Um, but in this, at this particular time, just about anything goes, particularly with the Internet. 
Uh, you can look, you can look out on the internet and find just about anything. And the way a person knows that the connection they're making is real, it has to do with the sense of resonance they feel within themselves. I believe that's really the core of it all. I mean, you can present all kinds of evidence, and you can talk about, oh, "I saw this," or "I have a video of that," but Really, when it comes to it comes down to it, what you really believe, what changes your life, what feeds you, um, it's going to have to either touch something inside you that says, "Yes, this is true." You might call it the truthing factor. No. Um, oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Or, or it's going to have to have some kind of a precedence in your life, like many of the people who get contacted either by galactic beings or by the children as they're coming in, have also had other contact experiences as well, as have I. Um, and when, if you read about the reconnection story on my site about when I began doing my writings back in 91, um, I had kind of an a, a encounter of my own in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it kind of opened up channels within me where I was able to start receiving material went out and got myself one of those laptop, uh, Radio Shack lab, laptops and just burned the thing up writing. Uh, I haven't really stopped writing ever since, although it, it, a lot of it came out fast and furiously in the first, say, 10 years or 15 years, and then a lot of it's been interacting with people about the concepts. It's almost as important to get get feedback and to interact around these things as it is to actually put the stuff out there because some, some of it's just validated by experience. Mm -hmm. So tell us about this experience you had and about these the reconnections. They would be uh, perhaps galactic beings that have that have made contact with you. To, some of to, them are. Uh -huh. Well, at first, you know, their first description of me because the message that they bring. Um, um, is kind of a dual message. First of all, it talks about the unity of everything, um, the universal oneness of all people, beings, and places and things, um, that we all grow from a common root. Um, and then the other thing has to do with the fact that in that unity, there's also multiplicity. And so we have alternative, you might call them realities or universes, that kind of buzz all around us, vibrating at different speeds. And when we talk about channeling, it's every bit as much as it's like turning on your TV set. You know, you'll have a TV set or a radio. There's all kinds of programs going on the, on that set at, at any given point in time. And what you turn your attention to is the program you're going to pick up on. But that doesn't mean the others aren't still there as well. So people who um, become channels or people who, you know, are futuristic um, visionary writers are people who just turn to some different channels who are able to handle those kind of vibrations and then maybe downstep them to a place where they can be put in language and words that others can play with and 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 uh, and uh, integrate and understand if they want to if they're ready if they're not you know then it'll all seem like gibberish to them. You know? Now, when I've heard the term char star child before, it was in reference to a skull with an enlarged um, cranium. Yeah, uh, they call it uh, Homo noeticus mutandus that they found, and there's been some evidence of... Um, there are, actually, there's a whole contingency or sect inside the Star Child movement 
that talks about hybrid beings that are actually part um, celestial being uh, genetically and part human. And they've they found this particular skull that bore that out. When you look at it, I think I had a picture of it on my site at one point um, that looks very much like um, what you would think of as those classic grays uh, from Zeta Reticuli 2 that we hear about when we talk about um, abductions and so on and so forth. And then there's the, uh, you might say they kind of look a bit Asian in their orient, orientation with the big eyes. Now, the, you, you, the, the, the grays in abduction literature are often um, rather uh, menacing. Uh, do you, or do you uh, consider uh, the possibility that some star children may belong to rather menacing alien species? Well, it all depends on how you view them and how you approach them. I don't think that we're all sovereign beings and we all create our own reality, which is another, you know, kind of a root belief in metaphysics that, that you know, nothing is going to enter into your space or my space that we didn't call there and, and, and create a contract with, even if it tends to be upsetting or, or, or uh, disturbing at a particular point in time. So when you look at, say, um, a series like, there's a beautiful series that came out in 2002 Steven Spielberg produced called Taken, where uh, it was presented uh, probably the best summation of the literature on abductions all the way back to Roswell, New Mexico in 47 and on through, and how the government interacted and so on and so forth. And in, within there, there was also the formation uh, of uh, or the creation of a star girl who was played at the time beautifully by Dakota Fanning. And you can see when when you look when you look at the interactions um, of her genetic relatives, the people who seeded her, and the military, and what they wanted and what their agendas were, and then the individuals, the civilians that they came in contact with, there were supporters, there were there were uh, antagonists, there were all kinds of people looking at them in different ways. Some people had their own agendas. I think it's pretty much that way. You'll consider something menacing that comes into your space and disturbs your little concept of reality. But sometimes it might be a friend in disguise. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mentioned, speaking of the greys, um, that they come from Zeta Reticuli too. They're um, attributed so, to. I mean, that's part okay. of it. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, that's part of what I was wondering, is if we knew very much about where some of these... Um, these alien people that have that have contacted humanity come from. If we know much about their, do they come from different planets, and and what what life is like, and do they want to impart some of that to us? Well, not just planets, but actually also dimensions of this mm. planet. In other words, there's a whole. Uh, again, we're talking about strains of belief or streams of thought that have developed around this. And you know, you can talk to one person; he'll be absolutely convinced that this is the story. He'll talk to someone else and be absolutely convinced that that's the story. And, you know, the good part about it is whatever you choose to believe and activate will be your reality. You'll create that reality for yourself. You'll give yourself just enough evidence and just enough credibility in your mind to say, oh, yeah, that's the way it is. Um, But when we talk about this, we're also talking about interdimensional, so it would be different levels of this earth as well. 
And, uh, for instance, um, there's a whole stream of thought that believes that inside Mount Shasta in California, there's a race of uh, the survivors from Atlantis and Lemuria called Telosians, and that there are people who have had actual encounters with those as well. And, uh, again, you know, until you've had the experience, until you've had it validated in your own life, you just go, hmm, that's interesting, or someone would go, that's a bunch of bunk, you know. <laughs> and whatever they say, that's what it'll be for them, and that's okay. You know, I don't, I don't demand anybody believe anything. As a matter of fact, one of the desires, root desires I put out before I started to receive the information I received is I said, is it possible that there is a belief system or a way of looking at life whereby everybody gets to be right in their own context of thinking? And that's where all of this sort of it gathered around that and illustrated, yes, there, there, there absolutely is, that in fact it's not about facts or, or um, evidence or, or, or archaeology or any of that. It's much more about shifts in perception, that there are things that vibrate at different speeds around us that if we shift our perception a little bit, we'll be able to notice something that's been there all along, but we hadn't seen it until we reached a particular pitch in vibration within ourselves. And, then all of a sudden it was as plain as day. Now, to, to a novice or a neophyte who's just learning how to shift their perception, what, what channel, so to speak, would you suggest they try to tune into? Uh, what, what reality do you think that they should try to experience first other than uh, our day-to-day reality? Well, when the reconnections approached me, um, what they basically said was, we represent all those parts of the, your expanded self or your, your whole self that you had to forget about to just become Daniel. Because to be a 3D person as opposed to a multidimensional um, expanded being, one has to sort of like filter out or cut off a greater portion of who we are and what we can remember about ourselves so that we can focus just here on this small piece of real estate that we've created for ourselves. And you might say it's like the holodeck on the USS Enterprise and Star Trek. You know, you go into this holodeck and you have some learning experiences, but outside the holodeck, there's so much more of you that's ready to meet you. And they basically said, we represent all those parts of yourself, you, Daniel, the expanded Daniel, that you had to forget about, and we've never been very far from you, just far enough. And we are here to just now, little by little, give to you as much as you feel ready to handle of who you are. So when I, when I recommend people channel, I say you don't have to necessarily go to any one particular being. Go within yourself. And whatever guides and teachers that are resonant with your vibration, where you are and where you want to go, will automatically appear and begin identifying themselves in language that you can understand language that makes sense to you. So you don't have to be maybe a, a special individual uh, to, to be um, reached by reconnections. Uh, you don't have to, um, it's something that anyone can, can do if once they start to channel these, these, these people from other dimensions or other I believe planets. we're all channels and I believe uh, the concept of, there are several kinds of channels as you see them presented in books and TV and various ones, there 
the original concept of channeling were trance channels where they would go into a deep trance and and they would claim that part of them would go away and uh, another another entity would come in and take control of their body and use their body for a period of time to impart knowledge and to interact with people. Um, then there are conscious channels where the individual doesn't go away but simply hosts other aspects uh, of, of life to come in and it's like you invite them over to your house and have an Amway meeting, you know, <laughs> and uh, say, "Well, let me show you the let me show you the soap, you know, let me show us right. show you our newest thing." And um, of course, from a oneness viewpoint, there are no there's no people, there's no entities that are not you. But that's a hard thing for people to swallow in the beginning, you know, because particularly when they start thinking about, well, what about Hitler? And, you know, these real evil beings, you mean to tell me I have to say that's me too? And I go, not necessarily, you know. And as a matter of fact, the first person who ever asked me that was a Jewish woman. And I said, I don't know if Hitler would want you saying that about him, you know. <laughs> uh, but she was being being very honest. And I would say, uh, and I said, it's all what you're ready to believe and, and work with. The rest of it, you're going to put up a, you're going to put up a wall and say, no, that's not there. And for you, it'll be not there. And that's okay, too, because we all have our little reality houses we build where we allow certain right. certain things in and other things, you know, don't get in. Just they're not allowed. Right. And this is maybe, you know, if we wanted to, to try to um, relativize that a little bit and maybe to, to break out of those reality houses... This, this process of channeling might be a way to do that? It is, yes. Now, originally, um, um, there were classes. I mean, there still are, I'm sure, channeling classes and trainings and things you can, you can work with. Uh, there's a thing called automatic writing where people will sit down and um, they'll write with their dominant hand a message, whatever they want to say to the universe or whoever they're trying to contact, and then they'll use their non-dominant hand to uh, respond, since that would be a hand that would be more available for um, supernormal or other paranormal things to uh, contact you through the non-dominant hand. So there are people who do it that way. There are some people who will just sit down with a tape recorder and they'll just begin speaking, and they won't filter it. They'll just begin speaking, and it's amazing what can come out of your mouth when you don't filter it and when you're not really trying to impress anyone or say anything you just basically start start going and you and, and you see where it takes you so it's it's like you using a ouija board almost well a ouija board is actually a uh, that's an old time uh uh instrument that's also worked out too the thing is is that you can get into when you use some of those things like either a pendulum or a ouija board or some of those types of things it's very. It's much more easy for people to get the idea that they're being taken over or possessed, and you know, particularly if some of the messages that come through make might come from their fear base and uh, their fear of the supernatural, or maybe some repressed memories, things that they haven't dealt with yet, and it comes through. And you know, they've made movies. Hollywood's made movies about it, and, and it seems to have scared people away from what can actually be quite a natural 
and wholesome growth experience if your if your intentions are pure and you're not trying to scare yourself or anyone else you can really expand and get some great stuff one thing i'm curious about um is 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 the is this question that we we are able to as as you we've been describing or as you've been describing i should say to to channel these people the, these reconnections um now, is it is it possible for them, in their dimensions, to, to channel us? Absolutely. That's a beautiful question, and that's really a great thought. Um, everyone who gets channeled here is also channeling you in their reality. And so you represent a part, as much a part of them and their, their 3D experience as, as uh, they represent uh, someone from 7D or 6D or 5D, when I think 5th dimension, 6th dimension, uh, and so on and so forth. And there are people who've laid, laid that out, too, so that they have numbers of dimensions and each one represents levels of consciousness. So they, they, they have something to learn from us, just as They're much as here we... to, learn, to learn as much from us as we are to, for, to learn from them. Because one of the things that's really a mind-blower for what you would say uh, expanded consciousness is how can somebody forget all that stuff to the degree that they would have the emotional surges and um, conundrums that we get ourselves into when they know how powerful we are, how we can create just by thinking things, you know, and uh, they're just, they gather around us and go, how can you do that? Very much like a person would gather, you know, doctors would gather around a patient who, who's had an amnesia experience. And they say, wow, you know, does he remember you? How about that? Does he remember this? And they just, they're just amazed at how we're able to shut everything out and just focus on this one or these few things and make them real, but everything else is just, no, it's not there. And they go, how can you do that? Now, so they're fascinated by that. Now, on in our in our plane of reality, it seems that majority of people don't spend most of their lives actively trying to channel other beings. Uh, do you think that on on other other planes, that's uh, that's a more common activity? That's a a more um, popular pastime. Um, it could be. I mean, um, you look at, say, you take a movie like K-Pax, you know, with mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey. There's a perfect example of an interdimensional being uh, developing a relationship with a regular human and going through the experience of having that. Um, um, and when the human went through his, his horror, his trauma, the interdimensional being actually took up residence within him and kind of held him up during the time that he uh, was searching for someone who could help him with the trauma. He ended up in a psych hospital with a psychiatrist who he knew was capable of being able to help this person. And once he felt he was in good enough hands, then he was able to return back to what would be for us um, more like uh, just an energy space as opposed to the solid ground we're used to seeing. And he would travel just, just by the speed of light. And there's a, some great interactions in that movie if you want to see an example of it. I think the movies are probably one of the best vehicles that are being used by expanded consciousness today 
to enter into uh, people's minds and to allow just for the possibility during that magical time when the lights go down, they'll basically say, consider this and just wear it for a while, you know, for an hour and a half and eat some popcorn and, and munch on it a little bit. Um, but when it all comes down to it, um, the lights are going to come back up and you get to go back out. But you can go back out as a changed person. Uh, after ET, the extraterrestrial, or close encounters of the third kind, um, I think these guys who are producing these movies are connected, and I think they're they're in contact with more expanded civilizations and beings that are trying to um, give us a little bit of stimulus to see what it's going to do. Very much like if we would, um, you know, uh, take a person who was. Um, um, inhibited or dis disabled in some way and give them some sort of therapy and watch and see how they grow and develop. They see it, many of them don't see us as disabled. They see us as uh, volunteers um, on a vacation and limitation. You know, it's like you go mm -hmm. take a corporation president who runs this huge multinational corporation and he decides to take off for a week and go to a dude, dude ranch and shovel horse manure just for fun, you know. <laughs> That's the way it is, and 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 there's more horse manure here than we we reckoned, I guess, when we first came. <laughs> and the bottom line is, you know, when this is over, the lights are going to come up. <clears throat> Excuse me, the lights are going to come up, and and we're going to see a lot more than we thought was going to really that's really there. Now, since we're and that's we're what's coming... happening actually. Since we're coming close to to the time, uh, if if people want to find out more, how do they find your website? How do they find out uh, about you? Uh, where do they go? www.reconnections.net um, is a collection of the writings that have been put together over the years. I'm also on Facebook under the name Daniel Jacob. You can come over and see. I keep pretty much post my stuff for the public to see, and then other people have more private interactions with me. Um, www.thestarchildren.com is also there, and uh, they can look in and see more information about that, um, including where they can find books about the other subsets of Star Children, too. Um, so if they're interested in the Children of the New Earth, go to www.childrenofthenewearth.com. Uh, Sandy Sedgbeer is the editor over there, good friend of mine, has worked with me for years and vice versa. Um, they could do some reading on that subject. There's all kinds of subjects. There's a space for them to write me if they want to know some information. Um, and if they want to know where to look for certain things, I'm happy to help if I can. Well, that's fantastic. And this is, this is a very deep subject, as uh, I'm sure our listeners have, uh, have noticed, that we could go on for... Uh, I'm sure we could talk for days. You well, it would be a cup of water uh, as a pair, compared to the ocean, you know. There's so yeah. much here. <laughs> um, but that's why I, I will, will encourage people to, to take a look at the site at uh, reconnections.net uh, because there's a lot of the, the 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 writings that you mentioned doing based on your, your connections. Yeah, there's a lot uh, there, there that talks about how to connect in and more about channeling and so on there's 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 lots there to look at so if you got something you want to look at it also has links to other other sites as well so 
Great. Well, thank you very much, uh, Daniel, for coming on the program with us. It's been very interesting. Yeah, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity, and uh, good luck on your on your project. Uh, you really hooked a Leo in when you say, well, we, we think you might be the most important person in the world. I'm, <laughs> that's my sun sign, and I go, well, must be a really good judge of character if he wants to talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, that's the idea is that so a lot of ideas, and, and, and I'm sure you know when you, when you talk to people, a lot of people would be close to this idea, uh -huh. but if, if, if you know, these are ideas that people are close to. But if if they're true, then they could be some of the most important ideas out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when they're ready, so it will be, and and or they'll find their version of it. You know, my flavor doesn't have to be the only flavor. That's why I say, go inside and get your flavor, because um, there may be some people out there who could inspire you, but. Only you can create and build something workable that will change your life and make it work for you and give you your answers. Nobody can do that for you. Well, and I hope that I hope that we've uh, we've helped some people out there to do that. I hope so too. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the the most important people in the world podcast. I'm Charles Berman. Uh, Jonathan Berman. We've been here with Daniel Jacob, and uh, once again, if you uh, want to. Uh, Find the rest of our episodes. You can go to mostimportantpeopleintheworld.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to email us, uh, if you have questions, um, complaints, uh, congratulations, or suggestions, <laughs> you can email mostimportantpeopleintheworld at gmail.com. No, there's an important distinction. The most important people in the world at gmail.com. We don't have. You can have it. It's most oh, important yeah, people right. in the world at gmail.com. Uh, uh, visualize sending us money. Yes, keep visualizing that. <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And uh, tune in again if you want to hear the next episode. You've been listening to The Most Important People in the World. With feedback or guest ideas, contact us at most important people in the world at gmail.com. <laughs>